What's up, Hawks fans? Welcome to this April 6th edition of Sweater Weather at Chicago Blackhawks Podcast. As always, my name is Luke, and I'm joined by Abe. How's it going, Abe? Good. Fantastic. I know you're in a little bit of a hurry to get out of here, so we're going to try to make this brief, even though we could probably we could probably push this over an hour if we really wanted to. Uh, but we're going to jump right into the news. Um, <clears throat> uh, you going to keep track of my timestamps? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um... <clears throat> so, jumping into the news, number one, uh, the Blackhawks have officially been eliminated from the uh, from playoff contention after the Colorado Avalanche beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-2. to two. Uh, We all knew this was coming. The really unfortunate thing is that it had to happen in a game that we weren't playing in. Yeah, that's it's a shame. <clears throat> yeah. It would have been better just go out playing instead of sitting there and... <clears throat> being actually eliminated without playing, so yeah, I, I would have rather been eliminated in an anus clenching overtime game against the fucking Blues or something like that. Like that game seven against the Kings for the stamp, was it twenty fourteen Cup yeah. final, Western Conference final. <clears throat> Let's be real, that was the Stanley Cup final because whoever oh, yeah. won that series is gonna. Yeah, they were gonna. Yeah, um, <clears throat> number two. Dylan Secura has been reassigned to the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, I suspect that uh, this is partially because he's still looking for that first NHL goal, but also because the Ice Hogs are the making a playoff push right now. Yeah. And uh, I believe when he was down there, he was their best scorer. So. Yeah, I think the first game back that he returned to Rockford, he scored a goal mm-hmm. and had an assist. So. Yeah. Um, so that's... That's good. Um, it's uh, I, I know they're called the Black Aces when like the NHL teams in the playoffs, and then they call up the AHL guys. But what is it when it's the other way? Because that's what we are. I have no idea. And white aces or something. <laughs> the red aces. I don't know. Um, number three, the Blackhawks have recalled the Blackhawks recalled Dennis Gilbert from uh, Rockford, who made his NHL debut on April third against the St. Louis Blues. He was subsequently reassigned to Rockford after one game. <clears throat> yeah, I I didn't watch the game, so I don't know how he performed. I, I didn't either. I can't speak to his performance. Um, but it was it's a nice gesture for the rest of the team. Just let him skate out <clears throat> during warm-ups before just let him go out for like a few seconds before. I, I think that's more of a prank than a nice gesture. Well, okay, yeah, probably is a prank, but I think it's still pretty cool, though. <clears throat> yeah. Just get to go out there on your own. And experience it for the first time. <laughs> I guess. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, they, they gave him a lot of fanfare, like, on social media ahead of time. Kept mm-hmm. talking about, like, how he was making his NHL debut and stuff like that. And then he, they sent him right back to Rockford with very little, you know, like, pretty unceremoniously. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Maybe they wanted to give him that cool, like, NHL debut moment and then, like, put him right back into the mix with uh, uh, Rock. Rockford chasing yes. the playoffs. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then j- maybe, like, give him a look at the NHL level, see what he's capable of. Mm. Um, since the games are pretty much meaningless at this point. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll get a training camp invite. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see how, how he does next preseason. Yeah. Um... Number four, <clears throat> Adam Boquist has won the CHL's Player of the Week honors after scoring six goals in two playoff games for the London Knights. Uh, as of April 6th, which is today, the day we're recording this, he has six goals and one assist in five playoff games. 
<clears throat> well, four of those came in one game, right? Uh, did they? I, I think you said that. He he scored four goals in a game recently, but I that might have been before oh, no, the playoffs. Oh, okay. It might have been late in the regular season. Okay. Um, but yeah, kid can score goals. That's good. Uh, number five. <clears throat> a source has told John Dietz of the Daily Herald that the Blackhawks veterans were, quote, dumbfounded by Bowman's lack of activity at the trade deadline. Dietz wrote in a recent article, quote, Bowman made no moves at or before the February 26th trade deadline. It was a decision that, according to a source, dumbfounded the veterans. Their thinking was, look, we made this run, we're right here, uh, give us a little help, end quote. That's interesting, because obviously you can never trust sources, because you don't know who exactly they were. For all you know, it's somebody's friend's uncle that once claimed Patrick Kane's visor or something. (laughs) I guess. I, I mean, I, I assume that a lot of these journalists, a lot of these scribes will vet their sources fairly well. Uh, they, it's, you know, it's usually like, maybe it's like they know the equipment guy or something. Or right. Something. I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I don't think we have any reason to not believe that. Uh, the, like, objectively, from the outside looking in, or even, you know, if you're in the Hawks front office, if you're Stan Bowman, if you're John McDonough, or whatever. Um, so my neighbors walking by, I thought that was... No. I, I, my food already came, but I was like, is my food here? Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, you gotta... If you're, you know, on the outside looking in, you have to, you have to keep, you know, some objectivity, and you have to bear in mind that uh, you're... You, you can't just always go on a run. You can't give up futures for uh, for rentals if you're, like, like, 10 points out of the playoffs. Yeah. Even if you did recently go on a run. Yeah, it's like we were talking in an earlier episode how, essentially, if there were going to be any moves, it would be make most sense for them to be hockey moves. Mm-hmm. And I uh, guess the, if there, were any, there weren't any that presented themselves, so... Yeah. Uh, but it also makes sense to me that the that the team was, uh, well, I think dumbfounded was a good word. It, it makes sense to me that the team was dumbfounded because it's kind of these guys' jobs to just have this like unwavering, almost like stupid self confidence in themselves mm-hmm. because that's how you win championships, you know. Right. You don't say like, "Oh, we're we're down three to one in the series. Like, odds are we won't win. We should just stop trying." You know, that's it's not what happened in twenty thirteen in that Detroit series. It's mm. uh, <clears throat> no. I mean, a good a good reference too would be uh, was it two thousand four Red Sox? Felt I think it was two thousand four Red Sox. Fell behind three games and none against the Yankees and came back to win four in a row to eliminate them. Wow. That's crazy. 2004? Was that one of the World Series years for them? Uh, I think so. I think it was. Because I think 04 and 07 were their <clears throat> two most recent. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Theo's first championship with Boston? I think so. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Two, <clears throat> uh, 2004. Yeah, okay. was there. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, the the point remains. Uh, if if you're the guys in that locker room, you have to like you have to believe in yourself no matter what. Even if even if you're ten points out of the playoffs and you're like a game again, uh, or if you're a game away from being eliminated, you just like you got to keep fighting and trying. And uh, so it makes sense that like these guys would be a little bit upset that uh, they didn't get those reinforcements uh, at the trade deadline. But I, I'm still, I'm still totally in the camp of uh, it's good that we didn't do it because uh, we're we're not really going to be competitive until at least next year. Right. Yeah. We have some nice young pieces that I'm pretty sure the team wants to hold on to and see how they develop and can play in the league next year. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> they might come back and bite us in the ass if we trade them and we never got to see their potential. So yeah, for sure. Uh, I know. Um, before we before we got Strom, we were really missing uh, Phil Deneau. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's been having a, a pretty good career with the Canadians, I believe. Um, moving on, number six, the Blackhawks have released a mini documentary about Brian Campbell's contributions to Adam Boquist's development. Uh, so you just watched that. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? I liked it. I mean, I find it really cool that. Nobody even approached Campbell about doing this. It's something that he actually went out in the zone and talked to Stan Bowman about, like, hey, yeah. like I want to mentor this kid. Yeah. I, I think it speaks to the culture of this organization um, in that, like, uh, Brian Campbell, he won, he won the Stanley Cup with us in 2010. Uh, yep. He, like, he... He spent the better part of the decade playing for other teams that weren't the Blackhawks, and yet he still loved this this city and this team so much that he wanted to not only uh, retire with the Blackhawks, but make off ice contributions after retirement too. Like his, uh, he was uh, he, he was on NBC Sports for a while. Yep. Uh, uh, doing like commentary and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think that was before Sharpie took over. But yeah, TV yeah. was not really his thing. I, I, yeah, TV wasn't his thing, but. Definitely, I think there's definitely potential for him to uh, like help with developing these young defensemen and stuff like that. I, I think that's a really cool contribution yeah, I mean, that he I, can make. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, not only just with um, Boquist, but if he doesn't become like a a defensive coach for like Rockford or even like one of like London or something to help develop these younger players. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I like Sweepy. Yeah. Too yeah, bad. He was great. Yeah, it's too bad he was so old when he came back to us. Yeah, um, had the had the primary assist on uh, Kaner's game winner in Game Six against Philly, I think, didn't he? I don't remember. Probably. I think he did. Um, uh, all right, last news item we have here: uh, Philip Kurashev and Dmitry God. I Osipov. No Osipov. I don't, that's that's don't, my guess. Yeah, don't trust me on the pronunciation here. Uh, Phil Kurashev and Dmitry Osipov or whatever have joined the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, Kurashev on an amateur tryout contract and Osipov on a professional tryout agreement. Um, I. This is. So I, I I'm. Yeah, words. Uh, the this is strange to me because I don't think the Hawks have signed these guys yet. Uh, I've. At least in my time following hockey, I've never encountered a situation where uh, 
some prospects go and play for like one of the farm teams through means other than signing like an entry level contract with the NHL club. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before, but uh, yeah. So, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe what happens is uh, they they get their entry level contract after this season. Yeah, because they wouldn't kick in until. <clears throat> yeah, because um, back in March, Kurashev signed a three year entry level contract with the team. Wait, did he? Yeah. Oh. So why has he got to sign a contract with Rockford then? Probably. If anyone listening knows the rules regarding uh, uh, ATCs and PTAs with uh, uh, with minor league clubs and why why not all players have to do this, uh, tweet at us. Let us know because uh, oh, right now we're not sure. Um, but I do think that Kurashev, uh, Kurashev for sure is going to help the Ice Hogs with their playoff push. Yeah. Uh, Osipov, I don't know. I don't know much about him. Um, I, I, I do know that Kurashev is one of our better offensive prospects at the moment. Mm-hmm. Or I should say, uh, forward prospects. Right. Because <laughs> there's, there's probably some, def- we've got a lot of, uh, offensive minded defensemen in the system right now who could like maybe... Outscore some of our our forward prospects. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, so uh, with that, we're gonna take a quick break and come right back. And we're back. Uh, we're gonna talk about some some non Blackhawks hockey news uh, briefly here. Uh, so number one here, I've got. Uh, uh, this one comes from NBC Sports Chicago. Um, quote, The NHL's current playoff format is reportedly sticking around, at least for one more season. According to a report from Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic, the NHL and NHL Players Association have agreed to extend the format, as well as the current divisional alignment, for one more year. Even though it will continue to be a talking point, the earliest possible change to the format will not be until the 2020-2021 season if even one happens. End quote. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, the playoff format that not a lot of people seem to be big fans of is going to stick around for at least one more year. Um, and then... Uh, well, at, if I'm reading this right, it sounds like... Uh, like, th- they will not uh, discuss changes to it for mm-hmm. at least another year. Um, but if they did decide to change it, it would be the 2020-2021 season when they would. So, the season after next. Um, yeah, uh, currently, I'm sure you all know, but currently it's the, the divisional, uh, playoff format where the top three teams from each division gets in, and then there's a, a, the two wildcard teams from each conference, um, uh, some folks take issue with this format because, uh, say, I, I distinctly remember like Barry Trotz, the former coach of the Washington Capitals, taking issue with it a couple of years ago mm-hmm. because even in years when they had won the President's Trophy, they ended up facing the Penguins in the second round uh, like twice, like like three years in a row, I think. Um, and 
that like that's when you're the best team in the league, you should like it. His argument was that when you're the best team in the league, uh, standings wise, you should have the you should earn the right to have those tough matchups deferred until the later rounds. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Because um, mm-hmm. the one who played, so the number one seed in their respective conference, essentially, when it comes to the conference finals, the sec if the second best team can win all the way out, it should be the one and the two going at it instead of yeah, like facing the number two in the second round. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it; it <clears throat> makes sense. Yeah. Uh, now it was. It was before my time as a Hawks fan, but um, I believe 2013 was the last year that they had, like, the reseeding between rounds. Uh, I don't remember. I'm sure you know more about that. I think they reseeded the teams between each round so that, like, it was... I don't know if it was if it was one... I think it was one through eight or, like, one through four... And then reseeded after each round or something like that. Um, I don't. I don't recall off the top of my head. Yeah, I, but, I um, don't recall either. Uh, and then they they changed it to just like the the bracket format because then people can fill out brackets and there's like some relative predictability as far as uh, uh, what the possible matchups could be for the next round. Well, not necessarily because all you have to do essentially in order to do your seedings is go from. Um, which, so the NHL currently has four conferences, right? Or four divisions, right? Mm-hmm. So you would take the number one overall, put them from one conference, put them as the number one seed. Mm-hmm. And then the number two seed should be the other, the other division winner, which you throw them on the bottom half of the bracket on the one side. So you have the one at the top and the two at the bottom. Okay. And then you fill it in with the rest of the standings from there, like, mm. record-wise, essentially. Yeah. So, the the eighth seed in the conference would play the one seed, and then that's how you go from there. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. The, uh, the... It's... The counterpoint, though, and, and I'm not arguing for this per se, but this is, I think, what the league believes is they don't want to like intermingle the divisions until the later rounds, because they want to form those rivalries. Mm. If, uh, like, you know, like the Capitals and the Penguins, they they face each other in like the second or third round or something like that. Yeah, no, they they face each other in the second round three consecutive years. Uh, so there's like. Especially if you're the Washington Capitals. There's, like, after being ousted by the Penguins three times in a row, it's, uh, or two times in a row, excuse me. They won the last one. Mm-hmm. Funny story, those three straight years, uh, the winner of that series went on the to, the, yeah. to win the Cup. Uh, yeah, or, like, um, I guess this is before, like, the divisional realignment and everything, but um, between, like, uh, oh nine and twenty eleven, I think uh, something like that. The the Blackhawks were the ones who ousted the uh, um, the uh, Vancouver Canucks. We eliminated the Canucks in oh nine and twenty ten, and then we almost mounted that comeback in twenty eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
There, there are some folks who actually, uh, they conjecture that had, because everyone knows about the Vancouver riots and yeah. after the final. Oh, yeah, no. They lost, they I know lost I know where you're heading. The Hawks probably yeah. would have won the Cup that same year if they had it's, not lost to Vancouver. Well, I don't know about that. I think that was the year that the Hawks, like, backed into the playoffs in the last day because, uh, yeah. because Dallas lost on the last day of the season. Dallas lost... Uh, to the the Minnesota Wild, the Wild upset the Stars, even though the Wild were icing a bunch of their like AHL guys. Uh, and there's actually a famous story that goes along with that. Uh, afterwards, there there was I can't remember names or anything like that, but there was there was someone affiliated with the Wild, like a coach or assistant coach or something like that. Uh, he he used to. Um, he used to work with Q, or he maybe he's like a player under Q. I, I I really can't remember, but uh, he he famously threw like an end of season party afterwards, uh, and he woke up hungover, and there's beer cans all over his house, and he hears this beep 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 beep. A little slower than that though. Is the truck backing up? He looks outside, and um, there's just a bu- a Bud Light truck backing into his driveway, and he's like, "What the fuck is this? I don't need any more beer." Uh, and he like the guy gives him like like two cases of beer and there's a note that says thanks Joel Quinville that's pretty funny yeah it's hilarious um <clears throat> what are we talking about the playoff <laughs> realignment possibly yeah yeah I mean I definitely would like to see it change I mean they do have to figure out something that would make the most sense so where essentially it would come down to the first and second best team should it play out the way it should mm-hmm. the first and the second best team in their respective conference play each other for the conference final. Yeah. Yeah, that would be ideal. Or if they did if they did one yeah, like one through eight on each side. Some people would like to do one through sixteen, just the whole like everybody I, makes it in. Not well not everybody makes well, it in, but like the sixteen teams who make it in, like it, like this year it would be I don't know, like uh like Tampa versus fucking who's the worst team in the playoffs? Like uh, the the Blue Jackets or something like that. It, or, it'll probably be or that. Florida. No, yeah, I think you're right. It's Columbus. It, well, it'll be Tampa and Florida after that. But then it would be like I don't know, fucking Boston and Colorado in the second round. I'm not double checking the standings to tell you who it would be, but like there would be intermingling of conferences in the early rounds. Oh, okay. So just do a straight up all sixteen, and then yeah. So you can essentially have yeah, two straight from the same conference in the final. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there are people. That's interesting. There are people who are really into that idea because, like, with the current format, you would never have, like a uh, like a Philly Pittsburgh final, mm. or like a, a Rangers Islanders final, or a Bruins Canadians final, because those teams are all in the same conferences. Right. But like, how fucking wild would those finals be? That's true. Um, I don't. I don't know. It's the way you fix that is just flip those city, those states that have multiple teams just put one on the other conference but I guess I don't know I it's it's a tough problem to solve because you do want to you do want to foment rivalries but you also want you also want it to be fair you don't you know if you win the president's trophy you shouldn't be facing the eventual you shouldn't be facing like the like the second best team in the conference in the second round. Right. So I don't know. Um, I, it seems like the NHL's stance is like better to you know, leave it alone for now and wait until you figure out something better. Yep. 
We'll see. Yeah, uh, we spent almost as much time on that one thing as we did on the, the last, all, like, all the news. Yeah. Um, number two. Uh, actually, two, three, and four all kind of tie into each other, so I'm just going to read them all at once. All right. I'll just um, put one time stamp. All right. Uh, so number two comes from a uh, CWHL press release. Quote, The board of directors of the Canadian Women's Hockey League has made the decision to discontinue operations effective May 1st, 2019. Unfortunately, while the on-ice hockey is exceptional, the business model has proven to be economically unsustainable. Uh, number three, this one comes from cbc.ca. Quote, the National Women's Hockey League is moving swiftly to expand to Toronto and Montreal. Uh, the national, the NWHL is like the American version, and then the CWHL is the Canadian version, just as an aside. But um, the, uh, the NWHL is moving swiftly to expand to tor- the Toronto and Montreal markets following the demise of the Canadian-based rival. NWHL Commissioner uh, Danny Ryland told the Associated Press on Tuesday the league's board had approved an investment plan to establish teams in, Canada, in Canada's two largest cities for the start of next season. Ryland also said uh, her league has received commitment from the NHL that will make it one of the NWHL's biggest financial sponsors. And then number four, this comes from CBS Sports, quote, with the Canadian Women's Hockey League announcing that it will cease operations in May, the NHL has committed to prove to providing more financial support to the National Women's Hockey League moving forward. The NHL is quote significantly up end quote uh, its uh, its financial contributions to the NWHL this year, making the league one of the NWHL's biggest financial su- uh, sponsors, according to a report from ESPN's Emily Kaplan. End quote. <clears throat> Uh, so, too long didn't read. The Canadian Women's Hockey League is shutting their doors because they're not making enough money. Uh, the National Women's Hockey League will be expanding into two of those cities, Toronto and Montreal, uh, following their the demise there. And then um, uh, the last one was that the NHL will be increasing its backing to the National Women's Hockey League um, Basically because the, the, NH, the NHL didn't want to play favorites with the CWHL and the NWHL, so it supported them both equally. But with one gone, they can now basically double their support for the, for other, one. the other one. Okay. And I'm looking at it, right? I just looked up their league. They just started only four years ago, the NWHL. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's pretty new. They only have five teams. <coughs> Boston, Buffalo, Connecticut, Metropolitan, Riveters, doesn't know what. Probably New York and Minnesota. Is it Minnesota? Yeah. Really? I thought they were all in the Northeast. Except Minnesota. Except Minnesota. (laughs) It makes sense. Yeah. The state of hockey. Yeah. I'd love to see these these women's leagues expand to more, uh, specifically Chicago. Because we were just talking about this off record, but I'll I'll reiterate basically what I said is uh, just... Watching like the women's team in the uh, in the Olympics, it's it's you know exciting. It's a blast. the The hockey really is exceptional. Uh, there there's kind of this stigma I think around like women's professional sports leagues that they're like not as good as the men's. But I, I think uh, at least in the case of um, like the NWHL, uh, I think the on ice product is just as good, if not better. It just doesn't have the uh, like the fan base or the financial support 
uh, to like really take off like the NHL has. And, and uh, the NHL is like the fourth biggest of the the major professional sports in North America already. So yeah, no, I, I think it just has to do a lot of with the fact that just for some reason women's professional sports aren't as popular as male sports. Yeah, which which is unfortunate because. Uh, like like you were just saying off record like the uh uh the WNBA is uh, like they actually have a like a pretty exceptional uh on court product uh, and there's a lot of uh, like you know you said it better than i am yeah it, like the WNBA it's more of a um like it's a much better league for like those basketball purists like the fundamentalists mm-hmm. so the people that want to see like good basketball without like all the flashy and gaudiness of like the current NBA and whatnot so and the nice thing is that the NBA fully funds the WNBA so Mm -hmm. and they've even said that despite them taking like losing money every year having the WNBA WNBA they're going to continue to support it because not only does it help like get more women to get interested in like sports and stuff but Mm -hmm. people still want to watch it so yeah which is pretty. I think it's pretty cool of the NBA to yeah. do. Yeah. So uh, wherever you are, go out and support your favorite uh, women's professional sports leagues. Uh, actually, no. Sorry to jump no, you're in, fine. but um, like the only. Actually, I would say right now the biggest sport for women that's like the most popular is definitely soccer. Yeah. Because the U.S. women's national team is. I believe they're still ranked number one in the world. Okay. Unlike the men who couldn't even make it to the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I mean, if some if they can grow to like levels like that where these teams are putting out quality products as well, like it's going to get more fans. And it's also going to get more like younger women mm-hmm. into these things. So, like okay. it, it's a win-win, I see it, basically. So, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so go support your local uh, professional women's uh, team. Chances are the the product that they're putting out there is just as good as the men. Um, <clears throat> if not better. If not better. Um, and then I had I had one last thing. This is just sort of a uh, 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 just a discussion topic that I wanted to uh, talk about. Um, so through December 18th of 2018, the Blackhawks were playing at a 60 point clip. If the Blackhawks had continued playing at that pace, they would have ended the season with 60 points, which would have put them well out of the playoffs. Probably like, yeah, like 20 to 30 points out of the playoffs. Um, I think we ended the season with like 78 or 79 points last year. This would have been like... Far worse. Like, 20 points worse than that. Uh, since December 18th, the Blackhawks have played at a 103-point clip, uh, which would put us, at, you know, if we played at that rate throughout the entire season, which would have put us uh, comfortably in the playoffs. So my question is, is this... The 103-point team that we've seen the past couple of months, is it the 60-point team? Uh, well, is this the 103-point the team, or is this, like... They're definitely not the 60-point team we were seeing before. Right. 
Um, but is this the 103-point team that they've been for the past couple of months, or is this somewhere in between? Have the Blackhawks been overperforming towards the average of those two? Mm, I would say, if I were to throw a number, I probably would say um, they're probably like a 88-point team. Hmm. Or my number. <clears throat> yeah, I feel... I feel like 90 to 95 points somewhere in that area is probably where this team would be. Probably 90-ish. I feel like if if this team had an entire season with Jeremy Colleton, if Colleton had an entire training camp and preseason to install his defensive uh, system, um, granted, we still we still would have been without Strom, Perlini, uh, Kajula for like three months. But... Um, you know, if if like Colleton were here all season and we didn't have those two eight game losing streaks and we didn't have that like horrible slump in uh, November and December where we won like like three of twenty five games or something like that, uh, we would probably be like 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 first wild card material, right? Is what I'm thinking. Um, so. I don't want to... I, I know it's been a lot of fun to watch this team play at uh, the pace that they have been, even if they did fall short of the playoffs. It's been, you know, really exciting, and it gives us hope for next season. But, like, let's say that theoretically, if Bowman didn't make any moves over the summer, uh, this ne- this would not necessarily be a 103-point team uh, because a lot of the production that we got was from like, like Patrick Kane playing out of his mind, Jonathan Taves having the best season of his year, uh, excuse me, the best season of his career, um, and DeBrinket having a <clears throat> sophomore year for the ages. Yeah, the DeBrinket uh, coming out as a future Rocket Richard candidate, um, uh, and then you know a couple of uh, oh Gustafson, Gustafson is like like, sixth in NHL def- defenseman in points or something like that. Like, he had, like, a 60-point season this year. That's crazy. Which is wild. He, like, absolutely just busted out. Um, uh, but, you know, you can't expect those kind of performances every single year. There's there's a chance that... Uh, there's a very good chance that maybe Patrick Kane regresses a little bit next year. Or maybe Jonathan Taves regresses a little bit next year. Maybe... Uh, Maybe, mm, I don't know, maybe Debrinket only scores like 32 goals next year instead of 41 or whatever he's at right now. Mm. Uh, and actually, if you look at their expected goals for like each of those players, uh, I think, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say that, uh, you know, Debrinket's got north of 40, but his expected goals is like like the low 20s. And... Uh, Kane's got north of 40, but his expected goals are, like, the high 20s, low 30s. So, <clears throat> that tells you that they're overperforming. Yeah. Like, there's an element of luck. Yeah. So, you can't, you can't expect luck to, to keep up. Um, yeah, I definitely think that th- this was more, um, <clears throat> like, them overperforming than the team... Mm-hmm. Than the team not performing up to its expectations. Yeah, for sure. Like, 
again, just going back to something earlier, the nightmare, the nightmare scenario that I was dreading pretty much came true, where yep. we were too bad for the playoffs to make the playoffs, but too good to not get a top three draft pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might even land outside the top ten, uh, especially if we beat Nashville tonight. Um, yeah, I think I think the Hawks are currently guaranteed at least seven. I think it was. Um, you had, I think you said that last week. So we have our odds have gotten worse. Um, yeah, so we have virtually no chance of landing in the top three, but we could. We could land in the top three. Um, we will almost definitely land at number 12. We have a 78% Yikes. chance of landing at number 12, a 13% chance of landing at number 13, and then less than 1% chance of being bumped to 14 or 15. So we're going to get like the... If Jack Hughes... If Jack Hughes is like, like tier one, uh, and then... There's some people who think that it's like a 1A, 1B situation with Hughes and Kako, but like, let's say Jack Hughes is like tier one, uh, Kako's tier two. There's like, uh, there's like seven or eight other guys who are tier three. We'll probably get like one of the tier four prospects. Yikes. Where we are right now, which is not, I mean, you know, we draft pretty well. There's a very good chance that we'll, we'll end up with a guy who's going to make an impact in a couple of years, but it's, you know, he's not going to be on the roster right. in uh, October. Yeah, no, like Kako <clears throat> and Hughes for sure are going to be yeah. day one starters. But Yeah, they'll, they'll be in the NHL next year. Which <clears throat> is really something that the Hawks really need more than anything to help an impact, I feel like. I... I wouldn't. I know there's a lot of people who are like they were like really banking on tanking and playing the lottery this year, but I'm not sure that's necessary, um, because you can. Uh, we've got the defensive prospects in the in the system. Uh, you can go to free agency and you can get scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have you know championship teams. They also need those generational talents, but we have those. We've got Patrick Kane, we've got Jonathan Taves, we've got... Uh, Debrinkit now, possibly. Yeah. I don't know if I'd call him a generational talent, but he's definitely rare. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we've, we've got those, those special players. We just need the supporting cast to yeah. really bring it all together. And I think that if, uh, you know, we can, we can develop those defensemen, maybe even make a hockey trade for... Uh, top four defensemen, and then we can go out and get depth scoring in free agency. You know the guys who are going to take over a little bit when you know Patrick Kane is is in a slump or Debrinket's in a slump because you know Debrinket's super streaky. Um, uh, Kaner, I think Kaner only had like he had two goals last night against Dallas. But before that, I want to say he only had like one or two goals in all of March. Mm, like he, okay. Yeah, he really didn't <clears throat> perform yeah, in he March. Yeah, cold. Yeah. Uh, February, he had a buttload of goals. But mm-hmm. um, So, <clears throat> I'm thinking too, like, just a hypothetical. Like, uh, I feel like since 
Jomerson has been gone. Mm-hmm. The defense has just been ass. Pretty much. There are more factors than well, yes, simply Jomerson being gone. But yeah. That alone had like a huge impact. He blocked so many shots. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if the Hawks can... I wonder if they would be interested in trying to get him back on the team. Uh, I... I don't see that happening. Uh, I think, I think Arizona's pretty happy with him. Uh, I think, um, I think they never should have traded him to begin with. Oh yeah, I agree. Because um, they still could have gotten some good years out of him, um, and you know he probably wouldn't have re-signed for much more than uh, we've got Murphy for. Um, and nothing against Connor Murphy; he's a fine player, but. Uh, you know, he's no Jalmerson. Yeah, Jalmerson is special, and it's. That's like, <clears throat> I would say, Keith. Obviously, when a few years ago, definitely our number one. Mm-hmm. I would say Jalmerson also was our one. Like Keith and Jalmerson, one A, one B for sure. In their primes, sure. Mm-hmm. And then you have Seabrook right behind them, but I yeah. definitely think. Obviously, losing Jomerson mm-hmm. kind of helped, kind of put the defense a little bit on, in a tough spot. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, the uh, so defensively, the Coyotes are actually a pretty sound team. They're very, they're high up there on like the, the rankings of like shot blocking teams. Mm. Uh, and funny story, shortly after that game that we lost to the Coyotes, um, the the rate of sh- blocked shots for the Hawks like spiked. Mm-hmm. I don't know if like Colleton was inspired by all the shot blocking that the Coyotes were doing, but uh, our shot blocking spiked, and uh, our our Corsi numbers actually spiked with it. We became a better defensive team around that time. Now it's you know our defense is still obviously very flawed, but it's it's starting to take shape. I think, like oh, there was yeah. there was that real rough like month and a half long period at you know when Colleton first took over where we were just ass, mm-hmm. and then there's a period where like we were still kind of ass but we were outscoring the other team for the most part. We went on those runs, and then lately like the offense has dried up, but we're still in these games because we're playing better defensively. We're right. allowing fewer shots. Right. Um, if we could build on that, yeah, next season be could be positive. definitely be promising. Then considering how much the defense has improved. Mm-hmm. Obviously, what still needs a ton of work is the penalty kill. Yeah, our penalty kill. That's, our penalty kill that's where the... It's yeah. just a black hole. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's let's wrap this up. Um, I know you got to get going. Uh, so thank you all for listening once again. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, uh, corrections, suggestions... Concerns. Concerns. Did I say suggestions twice? I might have. No. Um, okay. Now you did. Cool. Now I did. Um, yeah, you can tweet at us on Twitter. We are at SweaterPod. Uh, let us know what you got for us. Uh, please uh, please uh, uh, rate us on iTunes and uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, wherever you listen, uh, it helps us immensely. Uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, we will, uh, 
I, I don't know. We gotta we gotta figure out how often we're gonna be like podcasting during the playoffs and uh when's the draft lottery? We gotta figure out when the draft lottery. That's like this week. I think that's tomorrow. Is it really? Or Monday? I don't know. When is it? Or maybe it was Tuesday. We'll we'll work this out later. Um, anyway, thank you again for listening. Uh we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.